In this episode, Kelly Toyama, the creator of Titan's Tactics, talks about his new game, Dwarves, Dig, Dwell, Die. And later, we have David Carnahan, the curator of Alexandria RPG. And of course, our new segment, Geek's Tabletop Game Review, where Kelly and Doug talk about a new game called Dice Forge. Roll the dice. Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Dungeons and Dragons. Stupid, mindless There will definitely be some that, – that's probably our best. A lot that, of that's, stupid that's, our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. This part of the episode is brought to you by Games Plus. From board games to role-playing games to miniatures, we have something for the whole family. Come to Games Plus in Lake Stevens, Washington. Now, back to our show. Hey, geeks! Welcome to Geeks of Cascadio, episode 7! Wow. Woo! Seven, prime number. I am with... Oh, I am Blue Samurai, and I am with... The Costasaurus. And then next to me is Mr... Paul... <laughs> Paul, how's it going? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing great. I, I'm all caught up on Game of Thrones. How about you uh, guys? Are you? Pretty much. Okay. Did, you, know, you, kind of, did you see you? the one yesterday? I saw the one yesterday. Yeah. It might oh, be a little tired. Did you see the one yesterday? I did see the one yesterday. All I can say is, I won't I won't spoil it, but damn it, Theon. Anyway. Oh, maybe Theon. It's all, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe it's part of the story. I so don't know. Like, make good choices. Or something. Like we talked about in our last episode, what did you think of the cold open on the first episode? Oh. With Arya? That was beautiful. Wasn't it probably oh, one of the best openings <laughs> ever for the show? For us, Great. our DVR messed up. It started late. We started oh, with, no. with the meeting with Jon Snow. It's like, why oh, is everyone no. talking about this this open? Right. And this wasn't it was kind of interesting, well, but it wasn't great. So then we restarted right. it after we were done. It's like, oh. Oh, well, that, and that sets the whole well, mood for that episode for the season, well, too. You, well, you know what I forgot to do? Uh, before we go into our, our banter that we, we normally do... <laughs> Uh, just to remind people, Geeks of Cascadia is your podcast about tabletop gaming uh, and the in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, we talk to game developers, and we go to conventions, and we talk to people who put on conventions and game store owners and do game reviews. That's what we do. And we are sponsored by OrcaCon. Mm-hmm. We are sponsored by OrcaCon. And just like OrcaCon, we are a voice in the community, and we just want to see the community of board games and the people who love them and RPGs and everything in geekdom just grow. And so this is our way of trying to do that. That's right. And, oh, by the way, uh, thanks to Tim Morgan with Around the Table Games, because mm-hmm. that is where we're podcasting right now. Indeed. And I will raise a drink to him yes. right now. Right now, they have a lovely wild turkey stout. I love. Thank you, by the way. Yes. Ordering. Yeah. Great. Wild turkey stout. Um, now, we did just talk about Orgacon, so uh, what is going on with Orgacon, by well, the way? Well, um, right now, it's still early bird pricing. So mm. get your badge now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know how many rooms there are available for us at, at the special rate, so also book your room, and we always, of course, need volunteers. Yes, Volunteers definitely. make it happen. Yeah, um, Lots and lots of volunteers. Just to piggyback on that with the volunteers, you're not going to get there, and we're not going to be like, all right, go do a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be training um, on, because you need to be aware of our policies mm-hmm. on really creating that. 
um, safe and just accepting environment like ArcaCon is all about. You know, you being in that leadership role, you'll be wanting to be a good example of that. So we train you, we, you know, we let you know what you're doing, and we're pretty laid back with that. So we're not throwing you to the wolves and saying, <laughs> you figure it out. No, you yeah. actually do part of the training, right? Yeah, part so I conduct the training mm-hmm. with um, Chip, who is the mm-hmm. volunteer coordinator. Yes. And so I would be training you myself. And then I'm going to do some training, uh, mm-hmm. some army training. So we're going to run you through an obstacle course. <laughs> it's going to be fun. And then we're going to role play. For real. Anyway, that's called LARPing, by the way, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> we also have another con coming up, right, Joe? Yep, we got Dragonflight coming up, and that's going to be August mm-hmm. 25th through 27th. That's going to be in the Bellevue Hilton. That's in Bellevue, Washington, just a little east of Seattle, about 20 minutes east of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so that has been going on for 28 years. I think this will be the 28th con, so um, it's going to be, it's surprisingly going to be. A lot. It's awesome. been around for quite some time. Okay. Yes. And it's dragonflight.org? Yep, you can see dragonflight.org, and you can pick up tickets there, and you can also sign up for any games that you would like to do. They have lots of competitions. Um, and where yeah. are they staying? Oh, yeah, and where are they staying at? What's the hotel? Bellevue Hilton. Bellevue Hilton, which you can go online. I think they are, They are. I know for a fact, they are out of their uh, room block. However, if you can't get one there... You can, I think, go down. Uh, I think it's just a block away at the Red Lion. Mm-hmm. So uh, go there. Um, also, we have PAX coming up, and I can't remember the, the dates yep. on that. And then after that, we have PAX. Some people may have heard of PAX. What is this PAX? Um, PAX is kind, mm-hmm. of a, kind of a thing about video games. So Penny Arcade Expo. Um, though Penny, I, I always want to say PAX Prime. It's I, not I Prime too. anymore. I do too. PAX West. You can still call it is, that if you want to. It's yeah. okay. No, we, yeah, PAX isn't can. my real I dad. Mike, I can. I think Mike will be mad at it. Mike will be fine. Mike will. Mike. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to do this. Dude, I just got a text <clears throat> message from Mike. He says, don't do it. He's like, no. <laughs> Somehow he's listening from <laughs> the future. Right. Right. Um, PAX will be at Seattle. Mm-hmm. It's going to sell out if it's not already. It sells out so fast. Um, that'll be September 1st through 4th, Ooh, and that's lovely. over a weekend. Um, that's going to be, I believe, Memorial Day weekend mm-hmm. is that weekend, and that's, that's in downtown mm-hmm. Seattle. No, it's not Memorial Day. That's in May. That's probably... Labor uh, Day. Labor My Day. bad. That's My right. bad. I get them mixed up. You know, they both talk about red, white, and blue, so, mm-hmm. you know, th- there you go. So many people anyway, are going to be like, this guy's not move, American. Moving on. Um, so that's <laughs> Labor Day weekend, and <laughs> that will be the four days there. It's busy. It's packed. If you like video games, that's the place to go. If you like tabletop games, you like it's fun. been growing a lot in tabletop mm-hmm. games. I like fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, if you've never been to PAX, this is definitely a show with an emphasis on show, mm-hmm. as opposed to when you maybe go to some board game cons or comic, mm-hmm. you know, comic cons. Uh, you'll usually say, "Hey, here's a table with a lot of stuff really cool." Mm-hmm. Where here, it's booths literally from the floor to ceiling with nothing you can buy. I love the fact too; they got a bunch of indie um, oh, companies. So much too. indie stuff, yeah. Now, just to let everyone know, I believe we will be at Dragonflight. Of yep. course, we'll be at OrcaCon, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe we might. Is there an OrcaCon table at uh, PAX? I'm not quite sure. In the community row. Okay. Yep. Great. So uh, you might see us there. So come by and say hi. We'll be there smiling. Dishing out high fives. That's right. Serious high fives. Maybe doing some podcasting. We'll see. Also, please don't forget to contact us with any of the ideas that you might have. Maybe it's some game that you want us to review. Maybe it's some game you've reviewed. Uh, Maybe you have a question. Maybe you have an idea. 
maybe you want us to interview you, which we can do if you're cool. <laughs> right? That's that's key. You have to be cool. Uh, well, please, cool. you can you can contact us at geeksofcascadia at gmail.com. We also are on the Twitters, which I believe are is at Geeks of Cascadia. That is correct. Oh, all right. I got and that. there's the Facebook machine thing. Yes, the Facebook that. machine thing. You're right. And we are also on, of course, I don't know why I'm mentioning this because the mere fact that you are listening <laughs> to me right now, you would already know that. But if you have a friend that uh, can't listen to, on whatever you're getting your podcast right now, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Google Play, we're on iTunes, we're on something that Paul signed us on that I don't know the name it of. It might be on Stitcher. Oh, we're on Stitcher? We might now. We, we applied. Did you do that? We applied. When did you apply? Uh, the same day I did Google Play. Oh, well, we didn't even announce. We're on Stitcher. We think. We, we, we got. I got to check into that. We got to tweet that. I got to look into that. We're really bad at that. Well, we have jobs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're not We're not getting big money from this. But someday. No, we probably won't. But anyway, we're here for you. We're, we're here for you. And we've got a great um, group of people that we're interviewing. Who's first up? I believe it's David Carnahan. Is that correct? That is not correct. That is not correct. <laughs> Who is the first one? We'll be talking with Kelly Toyama. Oh, there we go. Yes. Imbalance Games. Yes. David's last, though. So, David, don't be sad. <laughs> and so, uh, Kelly Toyama, uh, you'll hear this uh, interview with him. Mm-hmm. And he's already put out, that company has already put out Titans Tactics. Mm-hmm. And it looks like there was a smaller expansion called Titan Tactics Champions. And then in February, they had a Kickstarter campaign for a game called Dwarves Dig, Delve, Dive. Which That's lo- hard to say without swearing. Yes, it looks fun. It does it, look fun. Paul and I did uh, check out that game. It's got some really cool art to it. Um, a very successful Kickstarter. I mean, their Kickstarter ended with um, 882 backers, and oh, they wow. almost tripled what they were wanting. They were wow. um, they were wanting a, a total pledge of 10,000, and they made 28,052 monies. Wow, good so job! Very successful, good for them. So, um, oh yeah, no, it, it's great to see um, folks like that succeed. I mean, Kelly, what? A, congratulations, dude! Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And it's mm-hmm. just it's just great to see this. I mean, I'm a big supporter of Kickstarter and a lot of people are and there's just so many good games that come out of there which Mm -hmm. listeners I'm sure you've heard me go on about but it's such a good place for people to not you know just send their game into some publisher Mm -hmm. and similar to books you know and I'm the publishers that are listening you know some of this is true and some of you may say that's not how we do it and that's fine but you know they send a game in and they get just a fraction of how much is made compared to Kickstarter where they're not only getting a little bit more not much but um, they, you know, they have the control of that. They are able to not just hope somebody picks their game up, you know, with the work and the finances and getting all that taken care of. Well, they can put their dream out. Yeah, and I, what I like about Kelly and and oh gosh, all the people that we've interviewed, a lot of them have actual real jobs and they've got this as a side hobby and they're hoping to make it big. So we're all happy to to see somebody mm-hmm. like this. You know, do really well on a Kickstarter, or maybe get it published through a, a bigger game publishing company. So, my hats off to you. Mm-hmm. And then, right after that interview, we will be uh, checking in with Kelly and Doug, and they will be doing our Geeks Tabletop Game Review segment, and they will be reviewing Dice Forge, a new game that is out and that I have played just a little bit. In fact, very little. I kind of watch other people play it. Uh, but it looked really fun. Was that at Games Plus? It was at Games Plus. Cool, like cool. Stevens, Washington. Uh, but they've got this uh, game review going. I hope, by the way, again, I, I've mentioned it to you listeners before, but please let us know at uh, 
at geeksofcascadia at gmail.com or Facebook or Twitter. Let us know how you like the Geeks Tabletop Game Review with Doug and Kelly. Yeah, and also let us know if there's any games you want us to review specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a hot new game that's come out. It could be a game that's been around for a while. Um, there's going to be some where we probably won't be able to do it. Um, any of you hardcore geeks here that want us to do a review of the original Dune game, good luck with that. If somebody has a $200 copy they want to lend us to play, send it to us. I am yes. more than willing to meet independently with other people do that because I've been wanting to play it and kick it. Right, and if you want us to do a game review of an older game like NATO with all the 300 chits, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> In fact, nobody here will do it. But if you want to do it, go ahead and submit your game review. Um, MP3 filed, no more than 10 minutes, and please be exciting and not be boring. <laughs> last but not least, we have coming up David Carnahan. You may yes. have seen him at cons. He's the guy in the so Fez. Awesome. Yes. He's so cool. He's got this massive quantity of... Mm-hmm. of um, Kind of ancient RPGs. Yes. Uh, there's all these classic RPGs. Yes. Artifacts of RPG. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's even got a new website, alexandriarpg.com, mm-hmm. and a presence on Facebook of Alexandria RPG. Um, he's got the Doctor Who RPG. What else did he have, Steve? He had that $1,000 like game that. Like, I can't remember the name of it. It'll be in, it'll be in the interview. Yeah. So no, cool. but, but he had Star Frontiers. It's really cool. Yeah. I love Star Frontiers. I think I was the game? only person that had it's a book. Up. Yeah, it was like, a thousand dollars. It was thousand dollars. That's what he told me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I, you know, what's... I have it right here. I don't think he knows. Yeah. But <laughs> and, and, and what's really funny I'm is you know, there's that right person now. that's like, oh, oh, I got that digitally for fifteen bucks. Yeah. Well. But then you know, then they don't have anything. Well, this one's from 1983 you before there was digital. Feel wow. It. I was one. Feel it. How smell are you it. two? It's awesome. Oh, we don't 14. talk about that. We don't talk about that. No, but he had an awesome collection. That's yeah, cool. it was totally. absolutely amazing. And by the way, he's he goes at various cons. I think he might be at PAX. I'm not sure he'll be. I think he'll be at Dragonflight. I think he said he's going to be at Dragonflight. Yeah, that so, also might be in the interview. So he's um, he's been around to different places, and hopefully we'll we'll definitely see him again. Oh, and by the way, um, I'm, we'll mention this at the end. Please don't forget to rate us on iTunes. It and helps our a Facebooks. lot. Yeah, please rate us five stars. Four stars. If you like us, tell your friends. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't and give us bad ratings, though, because we have feelings. And then subscribe as well, and so that way, instead of you just checking to see if there's a new episode, anytime there is one, you would get that notification. If you subscribe, it'll go directly to your phone if it's, you set that It's like one. a gift you get when you get up in the morning. That's right. It's a gift that keeps on giving yes. every week or so, mm-hmm. sometimes twice a week, because we've been doing this .5 episode thing. And, I mean, if you're on your way to work, you get to start your day listening to our beautiful voices. How sexy is that? You know, and what's great about that, Joe, is we try to do it, we try to post these, like, Sunday evening so that you can listen to them on that Monday morning commute (laughs) when you're grumpy and you're upset, and then we like to brighten your day Mm -hmm. with our voices and our stories. So with that, we should probably go into the first interview... Which is Kelly Toyama. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. That's all that beer. <laughs> yes, <had>. it is. <laughs> so we're on again. This episode has been brought to you by Vern and Wells, an all-inclusive, members-only social club for geek professionals in the style of Victorian parlors of old, a space for this new breed of geek. Visit us at www.vnw.club. Vernon and Wells, Imperium in Imperio. Now to our show.
Hey everybody, we're still here at ETX, which we're having a great day here on Sunday. And right now, Steve and I are talking to Kelly Toyama of Imbalance Games. Hey, Kelly. Hi, nice to talk to you guys. Thank you, thanks for joining us. No problem. So, uh, you're a game developer, and like all the other game developers, you're probably poor and struggling. So, tell us about yourself. And <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the famous statement is how to have um, thousands of dollars in the game industry is to start with hundreds of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's, it's uh, like, I'm, it, we're, we're trying to piece it together bit by bit, one gamer at a time. That's really sure. the goal. Just sort of get the games out there and have mm-hmm. people having fun. All right. So, um... Tell me about your games. You got uh, one called Dwarf, and then there you have another one. Yeah, so um, our first game, Titans Tactics, um, came out in 2013. It's mm-hmm. a tactical board game, plays in 30 minutes or less. Um, we actually did that one sort of pre-Kickstarter, so we wow. funded that one with our pennies, uh, put that one together, had it go out. We had moderate success with that. It sort of paid for itself, mm-hmm. and it keeps going. Um, and then just this January, we released our second game, Dwarves Dig, Delve, Die. Um, and that's successfully funded in Kickstarter on January. And for all the backers out there, we should have games in hand by the end of the month. They're wow. in the middle of the Pacific Ocean right now. So knock on wood, the customs they're, goes they're fast. Floating. They're yeah. floating. <laughs> they're getting there. They're getting there. That seems and like an awfully fast turnaround. Well, I mean, we, being that we had done Titans by ourselves, okay. we sort of knew what we were doing. And we, right. we wanted to... Like there are too many games on Kickstarter that sort of like are a wing and a prayer, uh-huh. and they might put it together and they start really doing the legwork after the Kickstarter uh, okay. funds. We did it all before the Kickstarter funded. We had manufacturing lined up, we had our shipping okay. lined up, we had all the art done, we had the game play tested and ready. We just needed to like turn around the manufacturing, so we were able to do it in you know six or so months. Brilliant. Yeah. Yes. Tell us about your game. Yeah. So dwarves dig delve die. Uh, easiest way to tell you about it is to tell you about Titans first. So. I'm a huge, like, tactical game nerd. I love War Machine. I love Warhammer. I love to get in there and sort of have that tactical experience. I've become an adult, and I no longer have a whole day to play those kind of games. So Titans Tactics is a tactical board game, scratch that tactical itch, and fits in half an hour or less. So the goal is to sort of get that tactical feel, eliminate a lot of randomness, and have a really crunchy, deep tactical experience, but something you can resolve in a lunch break. Okay. So that was Titans. We did that. We did really well with that. But I also, I also as a board gamer, I often find myself rolling up to board game parties or just having a party with 30 people. You don't want to be the guy with, hey, let's play your game when there's a party of 30 people. It's like, yeah, this is a two-player game. Yeah. Head-to-head, we're going to sit in the corner and be uh-huh. antisocial. Yeah. The rest of you just hang out. Yeah. So Dwarves is our answer to that. It's mm-hmm. the polar opposite of Titans. It's okay. completely random, party game. We hit a stretch goal, so we have a drinking game version included in it. Okay. I mean, it's it's random. It's dice rolling. It's chaotic. It's a bit. It's a fun time. What's not to love, right? Yeah. Well, you're dwarves. You're digging That's in a right. mine. You're getting gold. Uh-huh. You're drinking beer. You're having fun with your friends. Why would it? It's like being a dwarf. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> trying to trying to match the theme with the gameplay as much as possible. So how's how's it work? I see you got. Uh, it's a card in the dice game. Yeah. Game, so um, basically, the cards represent the mine. Mm-hmm. So and then there's a surface card called Delve and Dig, mm-hmm. and basically every turn. The dice, which are just D6s, mm-hmm. and we got we had a stretch goal, so we have custom D6s Ooh. with little dwarf silhouettes on them because the dice are dwarves. So every turn you draw a dwarf, mm-hmm. you roll all the dwarves in your hand, mm-hmm. and then you place the dwarves anywhere you want in the mine. Okay. You can stack them on the same card. Right. The rule with stacking is it must stack equal or greater when okay. you're stacking them. Okay. After you place your dwarves in the mine, the lowest face-up dwarf resolves. And when a dwarf resolves, you just take that die back and do what the card says. So Delve and Dig has you reveal a new card. 
gold mine has you get a gold. And so you just, that's your right. turn, and then you play past the next well, player. Well, what I love is you actually get gold. Well, not real gold, yeah. but it looks like gold, right? Yeah, so um, <laughs> one of our special levels on Kickstarter was actual, we called them handmade gold mm-hmm. nuggets. So they're full gold nuggets that we took citrine crystals and we sprayed them gold to get the right heft and feel so that you can play and really feel like a dwarf when you're collecting gold. The base game comes with cards to track the gold, so you know it, everybody gets an ability to keep keep track of the score, but our, our lucky 150 backers got actual gold actual nuggets. Gold. Wow. <laughs> Everyone else can actually go to a gold store and buy gold. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if, if right. you want the $70, $80 version of the game, sure. <laughs> so how'd you get, how did you get into this? How did you develop your first game, and um, how did it all start? So um, I... I like to say I developed Titans Tactics out of jealousy. So um, I'm a uh, video game designer as my day job. Okay. Um, and uh, most board game devs you talk to are going to have a day job because mm-hmm. yep. there's not right. a whole lot of money in it. Um, and really, I started developing board games. There's a raffle. Yeah. We didn't buy raffle tickets. No. Oh, well. All right. Here we go. So... Um, I would find myself on the weekends coming in on Monday and I talk to my programmer friends at work and they'd be like, yeah, I became a better coder. I coded this kid, this app over the weekend. I did this thing. I talked to my artist friends. Yeah, I painted this picture. I'm getting better at my craft. And I'm like, I played a video game. I played some board games. Um, yeah, so I felt really lame. So out of that jealousy, I was like, I should get better at my craft. I should develop my skills as a game designer. So I'm going to develop a board game because that's something that I can do self-contained. Right. If I started making a video game, I'd be, become a better programmer, but I don't know if I'd become a better game designer. Yeah. So game design is lovely. It's something you can do. Pick up a pencil and paper, start doing it. And so started putting the game together, had some sort of constraints that I wanted. I wanted a tactical game. I wanted something that fit in 30 minutes or less. And I wanted to challenge myself to say, I wonder if you can make a tactical game with zero random elements. I mean, chess is obviously the go-to tactical game with sure, zero round yeah. elements, but yeah. can, can can something like that be done? And I think Titans Tactics answers that question. Mm-hmm. I think it's a I think it's a solid game, no random elements from top to bottom. So, so what, do you think there's a challenge going from digital to analog? I mean, there absolutely is. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that are really easy in video game design mm-hmm. that you would never ever want to do in a tabletop game, like. Just for, for example, like there's a lot of math and bookkeeping that the computer can do for you. You can have a giant chart of 10,000 different outcomes, have the computer roll the dice, keep track of your hit points and mana. You can have 17 different resources going up and down as you play. And that tends to be really interesting. Sounds you, like first edition D&D. And right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but if you tried to do it, you'd get first edition D&D or the Warhammer 40K board game where you rolled on 17 different charts and then two minutes into it, you fell and you tripped on your armor and you choked on your tongue like there there's a level of you want to simplify and distill down the mechanics really good strong game design is the art of subtraction you want to figure out every game has a core nugget that's fun and the easiest way to lose that is to add other layers on top of it the more you're adding if you have a problem in game design the easiest solution is oh let's just add another mechanic that's always the easy answer and almost always the wrong answer because especially in board game design, it's really, really pure, and you, the players are having to do all the work of the game, so you want to have it as simple and straightforward as possible. You want to understand what your core nugget that's fun in your game is, yes. and strip away as much as the other bookkeeping and 
card flipping and dice rolling as you can and just be like, this is what is fun about this game. Let me execute on that to the highest level. Mm-hmm. That's how you get a great game. Well, plus, uh, the more rules you have, the more mechanics, the more costly the game is going to be, right? I right, mean, yes. you got to draw that down as well. Right, and, and then and with tabletop, it starts to go into shipping and it starts right. to go into manufacture. And there's a whole bunch of... So generally, if you're looking at a game design problem, you're like, I can't get players to do this thing. The, the the question to ask yourself is what can I take out that leaves the game still fun that gets them to do the thing right. that I want not what mechanic can I add that gets them to do the thing that I want because that's usually making your game worse not better and my understanding is every time I talk to a developer it's always the art that's probably the most expensive or challenging so Where'd you go for an artist? So um, I'm, I, I consider myself incredibly blessed. Um, I worked with Brandon Gillum um, as a video game developer. Um, he has the, I'll, I'll plug his channel, he runs the Drunken and Dragons YouTube channel okay. um, okay. now. Um, and so uh, he agreed to do art for me for Titans, uh, and yeah. we worked out a deal there. And having him be a gamer and having him be involved, I mean, made it, like, I mean, obviously, like, having worked with artists in my professional career, I sort of knew what the um, what the pay scale is and paid him fairly and made sure that, you know, he's well compensated because he's an amazing artist. Right. And uh, But the fact that we had a working relationship made it really easy to go yeah. back and forth on, yeah. hey, I think this look is it. Another beautiful thing about Brandon, I love Brandon like a brother. He is a very, he is, he is the epitome of the gamer who just wants to, I just want to get into the fun. I want to understand, like, I don't want to, read charts or deal with rules he just wants to get in and like punch stuff and do stuff and so I get not only did I get an artist but I got a great playtest partner because we go in and play the game and like if he's having fun I'm like yup I nailed the audience that's 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 what I want because I think game designers intrinsically we're nerdy I'm happy to like sit in an excel chart and look at stuff that's not fun but my brain is broken Uh so I'm like this is great (laughs) so you know he he helps me keep the game simple Cool. You find yourself pimping out your wares a lot at these conventions. I mean, you a lot got of traveling. Well, you got to you you got to get the word out there. I mean, it's such a hard market to break into. I mean, and it's so luck based. You know, you you roll in and you're the hotness on BGG. Mm-hmm. Great, your life is set. If you're you know you just fund on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. you gotta you, you gotta stick and move. You gotta make the connections with gamers because mm-hmm. most of my successful things have come. Hey, I show Titans to this person. That person took it to their gaming group. They all right. loved it. They bought it. They told other people. That's the word-of-mouth connection that makes the small guy able to operate because I don't have a 20K marketing budget that I can yeah. buy out BGG and be like, look at all my ads. Doesn't everyone want right. to buy this game? Yeah. And you got to team up with other game developers. I've heard of game developers coming together and going, hey, we're all going to go to this convention, and so let's all chip in. Yeah. for this booth or hey let's you got a pickup truck great because we got to load up our stuff uh, in yeah. this truck and go down to Portland so I, I mean everything comes mm-hmm. I couldn't be where I was without the help from people around me mm-hmm. I'm friends with the Flying Frog guys and they help me out a whole bunch moving forward with stuff and I'm part of a group called Tabletop Co-op oh, which yeah. is basically exactly that it's a bunch of like-minded game developers all of us are small none of us could afford to be at cons sort yeah. of by ourselves yeah. but you take a $2,000 booth and you split it three ways, it suddenly becomes something that a little right. guy can afford. And, you know, I sell my $25 game. I sell right. a couple of those. I make the booth so, cost back. So, you can, yeah. yeah, you can, hey, I can break even. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we're looking for, man, break even. And <laughs> right. then, it's, then, it, then essentially it's a marketing spend for me. You know, I obviously don't pay my hourly wage sitting there demoing right. the game. But I love doing it. I love connecting with gamers and giving them 
a, a great game experience. So how'd you start with uh, with games as a nerd? Did you like were you D and D kid or do you I mean like board games like Axis and Allies? Uh, well, Allies? I mean I'm absolutely a D and D kid. I think my oh, first RPG was actually um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Turtles oh, in Time. Yeah. Um, uh, like. So, I mean, I, like, I've been a nerd and gamer for all my life, and really, the game design piece comes from playing games and being like, oh, this game is so great, except for this one rule. Yeah. That rule bugs the yeah. out of me. I want to get in there and do something, and it would be such a better game if we, if we right. changed the, this out, and then that's the in, in, impetus to start doing things, and then you're right. like, oh, okay, here's my design with the one house rule change, but if we change this other rule, and then suddenly... Two three steps later, you have your own game. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's. And then, of course, with Kickstarter, boy, I tell you what. Without Kickstarter, I think we wouldn't have all these games, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, Kickstarter is about making dreams come true, right? I mean, so there's a lot of people with great ideas, and they just can't get it out to the people. And Kickstarter, I had a lot of people tell me when Titans came out, they're like, "Oh, why didn't you do Kickstarter? It would have been free marketing." And I'm like, "Well." I, I save the money to do Titans because I think there's a limited market for Kickstarter. I don't want to... I, I, I get agitated sometimes to get up on my soapbox a little bit about okay. like the really big companies who clearly don't oh, need yeah. Kickstarter, the <laughs> yeah. Kickstarter thing, and I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? You're taking dollars away from the little guy. There's only... Right, right. There's only like... Uh, I don't know about other people, but I go on with Kickstarter with my fifty dollars a month, and I'm like, I can't, I can't back thirty things yeah. as much as I want to. So, you know, yeah, like that, that sounds like Paul. He's always trying to get into Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if I'm I go in for a dollar, they'll 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 do a stretch goal for me. <laughs> well, what other uh, cons are you looking at uh, from maybe out to uh, January? Where, our, where can we see it? Our, our con schedule right now: um, Tabletop Co-op is hoping to be at PAX. Do they call it Prime West? I don't know, the Seattle um, <laughs> PAX. Um, uh, we haven't secured that booth space yet. We'll definitely be at GenCon, um, so come check us out. I don't oh, remember sorry, the booth where, number where, off Gen the top. Gen, Gen Con. All right, I'll be there. Yeah, just come, right. come by and say hi. We'll be at the Tabletop Co-op. Because GenCon booths are so expensive, we'll have a 10 by 10 that probably act as a store, and then we'll be running events the whole time. So come check us out in the event area. Um and then we are trying to be at PAX Unplugged as well. So hopefully okay. at PAX Unplugged there will be a good, solid tabletop co-op presence. And you can play Titans and Dwarves and maybe a new thing. Okay. Cool. And how do we, yeah, how do we um, contact yes. you, find out, look at your games? So um, the main website is titanstactics.com and the dwarves is slash dwarves.html okay. off of that. Um, Facebook is generally how, as a small guy, I reach out to people. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just Titan Tactics at Facebook and as well as Dwarves DDD, so for Dig, Delve, Die, okay. on Facebook. Um, and then you can obviously, like, I mean, I'm a little guy. It's not a big deal. If you want to reach out to me personally in email, it's kellytoyama at imbalancegames.com. Reach out. I'm more than happy to answer questions. Like I said, I wouldn't be where I'm at without the help of other people helping me. So I'm more than happy to pay it forward. If you have game design questions or, like, how do I publish this or how do I talk to manufacturers or whatever, you know, I, I can't say that I have all the answers because, good Lord, I would like to be living in my mansion with all the answers. <laughs> but, I, but I'm happy to answer your questions, help you out as much as I can. Awesome. Maybe, maybe you can help us with this podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. So if I went to uh, www. 
TitansTactics.com. I can buy your game there? Um, and so, yeah, so okay. Titans Tactics, hopefully we're through distribution, so it should be available in your local game store. Okay. Go into Uncle's and pick it up. We're also available on Amazon because Amazon is great for this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So you can buy both the games on Amazon. Um, if you want, if you're interested in dwarves, like I said, we're fully funded on Backer Kit. Backer Kit, Dwarves, Dig, Delve, Die. You're able to get, um, uh, you can jump in on the Backer Kit. And like I said, it's not like a wing and a prayer Kickstarter. It's totally funded. It's on a boat. If you would have it by, well, we'll start shipping it at the end of June. So if you want to wow. get in on that, you can get in on that. 25 bucks for Dwarves. So you, can you uh, give us a little hint of what you're doing next? or so What's the future the, 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 This is super hot off the presses, but I announced okay. it at a, at a Twitch stream Ooh, earlier. All right. So I would really like to build a adventure sort of dungeon delving game in the Titans universe. Mm-hmm. So there's a really, I think, um, clean and crisp combat mechanic within Titans Tactics. And I would like to take that combat mechanic and drive it to a more cooperative fight against monsters dungeon because i find a lot of those dungeon crawl games i love the exploration feel of them but sure. the combat tends to be the weakest part of those games i'm just gonna roll some d6s and mm-hmm. maybe i got some successes and cool mm-hmm. i i guess we win and that that doesn't feel satisfying so may bring that tactical element to something where you know you're delving deep into the dungeon and I know my artist really, really wants to make miniatures, so mm-hmm. we'll see where, where we land on stretch goals and miniatures, but we'll right. see where we land. Maybe you had up some real gold. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> One can hope. Well, Kelly, thanks a lot for coming on our show. Well, Appreciate it. And uh, I will be seeing you at Gen Con. All right, see you there. All right, take care. That is so awesome. I mean, the fact that Kelly Toyama has already put out um, a couple games, a couple licenses, more or less. Um, just the fact that he's got, you know, that Kickstarter that just happened in February, yep. and then it just sounds like Titans Tactics has been, you know, just very well done, and, and just, mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that that's out there, it sounds like people are liking that. And I, I will tell you that he is just an all-around nice guy. Totally, yeah. I mean, he's just great, down great to earth, talking. and you want to root for him, you want him to win, and I'm glad he did really well on the Kickstarter. Um, and I wish him well, and I hope that he creates another game that does well. And who knows? Maybe he'll have a, he'll have a tabletop game empire someday. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. And then please remember us. Kelly, if you're listening, please remember the small people like us. <laughs> if you want to know more about Titans Tactics, specifically that game, you can go to Titan titanstactics.com mm-hmm. um, it's on sale right now and on there they also have their Facebook link and some um, reviews are available and just some information right there if you want to know more about that cool alright sounds awesome well I think next we have again our segment called Geeks Tabletop Game Review with Kelly and Doug so you guys you ready to listen in on that one Cannot Dice wait. Forge customizable dice let's do it This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table, Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now back to our show. Hey, geeks! We're here for our segment of Geeks Tabletop Game Review, and once again, we have our hosts. I'm Doug. And I'm Kelly, and we're from Games Plus. So, you guys had me come down here for another game review of Dice Forge. So, Absolutely. what do you got? So, this is Dice Forge. It is a dice crafting game. 
uh, from Regis Bonasse. He also did Seasons, which is another dice game. A little bit more heavier on strategy in that game versus this one. This one is very, very approachable. Uh, it has artwork by, uh, I'm going to mess this up, B-Bone, uh, also known as uh, Christophe Fossard. Uh, he did Happy Pigs and a few other games from Yellow Games, uh, so his artwork is very recognizable in this. Yeah. Uh, so Dice Forge is for two to four players, and uh, the two-player and the four-player elements uh, do balance out just fine, so playing with both two to three, four, uh, all work out just fine. Uh, it is for 10 plus, uh, so got the younger kids in there, and it's about a 40 minute to 60 minute game, depending on how many players you're playing with. Uh, and for our price range, it is 40 bucks, so we have the, uh, which is very reasonable for the ratio of uh, elements and game factor, uh, game play aspect of it, uh, to price range is very acceptable. So in Dice Forge, players are heroes that are trying to gain favor from the gods in order to become, become a demigod, uh, and they do so by gaining glory points. Now on a player's turn, they'll roll their dice to gain resources, uh, which they'll spend in order to acquire new faces for their dice, or to complete some of these heroic feed cards down here. Uh, and all players roll dice when any dice is, or when the play, the turn starts, all players roll their dice, so you're not missing out on resources there. Um, and then on your turn you can do uh, one of two actions. You can either upgrade your dice, which have these cool little things you pull out of the dice and then put in a new insert for the dice, which is absolutely ingenious. So basically you're building your own dice. You are yes. upgrading and building your own dice. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. very great. Is there another game like that that... There's a few like that. The other one that comes to mind is Rattlebones from Rio Grande. Yeah. That's kind of a, a carnival setting where you're making your way around through the carnival and different places you stop at. You can upgrade your dice. And it's, it's definitely different. This game is definitely different. Right. Uh, because in Rattlebones, you can only roll, you only roll one dice on your turn, but you can pay to roll more dice. Oh, and so okay. you have to weigh so it's which using ones you that mechanic, but. It's, it's just a part of the mechanic of the overall machine of this game. Yeah, this is yeah. definitely engine building with what your dice do. Okay. Because on these heroic feats, they give you one-shot effects uh, that you can do when you get them, like forcing your opponents to roll their dice, and they'll lose those resources that they roll. Or you gain the resources that your opponents rolled. Yeah. Um. There's some cards that are just worth straight victory points, and they're worth more resources than some of the cheaper ones. And there's ways to get rid of excess resources uh, in the Forge Hammer here if you spend extra gold into it, if you spend enough. It'll just be worth more points in the end of the game. Yeah, so there's definitely a bunch of different mechanics and stuff happening here. Uh, different ways of strategies that you can choose to play the game. Definitely. Kelly and I played a few games earlier today. She beat me both times by <laughs> quite a large margin. Um, but there are definitely different ways to play. I kind of focus more on getting gold uh, and victory points rather than getting the moon shards and the sun shards, which are used for getting these heroic feats. Yeah, which I use just to straight up buy victory points in most of my cases rather than increasing what my dice could do. So you are going straight for the victory points, and Doug was like, well, I'm just going to hoard more resources and then maybe get a bigger... Kinda, I kind of focused on upgrading my dice first, um, and I kind of wasn't paying attention to how much gold faces I was adding to mine versus how many uh, moon shards or sun shards I was going to be able to get. 
Whereas I was very focusing on, you, you get two dice, and one of the dice starts with a um, moon shard, and one of the other dice starts with a sun shard. And specifically upgrading those to you get the most stuff that you can then spend those resources on straight-up cards and points. Uh, and being able to re-roll your dice multiple times in the turn, and then spending the shards so you can take more turns was a little ridiculous. <laughs> so basically, you're, the strategy, you don't want to do a strategy kind of like Doug, where you're just kind of, I don't know, just... It wasn't festering and trying to build up your 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 resources. You're saying the best thing to do is just go for the points. I mean, our our last game was within 20 points, and yeah. uh, Kelly had more heroic feats done than I did, but I had about like that 60, surprise me. 60 okay. points mm-hmm. on my player board. Yeah, he just upgraded his dice for specifically victory points and mm-hmm. gold, and then spent the gold on... Uh, specifically, there's a couple cards here that allow you to trade in gold straight for victory points. Uh, and that's what he was going for. Uh, it's really just a race to the end of the game and starting to make decisions on what you do early game and then what you do late game is very important. And, and how long, uh, you said... Uh, how, so so you, it's uh, for two or four players, it's nine rounds. For three players, it's ten rounds. Okay, so the amount of players determines how, how many rounds you actually play. Yeah. How many times okay. you get to roll those dice for, vic- for and resources. for the, the different player count, with two players... Uh, on everyone's turn, you roll your dice twice. Mm-hmm. But for three or four players, everyone rolls their dice once for each player's turn. So you'll typically roll the same amount of the, your dice the same amount of times uh, for any player count, typically. So yeah. we played two players. We both ended up close to 100. I played a couple of three- and four-player games. We both both ended up over 100. So and it definitely long, changes with it, players. And how long did it take you guys, like, to really learn the rules and do it. Did you find the rules complicated or were... were they weren't simple? that complicated. It's just roll your dice mm-hmm. on anyone's turn. You can buy new die faces mm-hmm. or complete these heroic feats. And then if you have the resources available to spend two sun shards, you can do another one again. And that's yeah. pretty much it. I like the box setup. Oh, the box is... Opening the box was absolutely fun. Uh, um, it's so rare to actually... You can use... You actually use the box in this game. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, some of the components get stashed in the box for safekeeping so they don't fall off the table. And if you do bump the table, you're not going to toss all of the extra uh, little pieces that you can change to insert on your dice. Uh, bumping the table isn't going to cause those to disappear because they're actually in the box safe and sound, which is, once again, ingenious. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even the instructions at the start of it, it, it gives you instructions mm-hmm. for how to store everything. Right. Just so it makes pulling the game out a lot easier. You just have to pull out the top insert, give everyone their player boards and pieces. Ready and play, And man. cards. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spent the first ten minutes just opening it, making sure all the die faces were there, all the dice got created the same, and then we played. I like the rules. It's only like, what, how many pages? Uh, it like, is it's a fold-out. <laughs> it is four square pages. Oh, that's great. One of which back. is just a components and there, there's an entire sheet in the rules just for putting things away, which I think is great. I forgot. Did you, did you guys talk about where you can get this game at? Um, you can get this here at Games Plus and Lake Stevens or anywhere you can get games uh, local. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, uh, like Kelly said earlier, really nice for its cost. The dice are great. I do like the dice. That's pretty cool. They are pretty nice. You design your own dice. Yep. Yeah, and they're they're big, so you're not like you're rolling tiny dice or anything. They're like easily almost an inch, which is great. 
I mean, I could see where uh, where I, I could follow something like what Doug was doing. I'd be so fascinated with the dice one that yeah. up my dice. In the meantime, you know, somebody like you is just grabbing points while they're being distracted <laughs> by the nice shiny object. Well, my first game, I focused on the dice. I, we played it twice, and I intentionally focused on two different strategies, uh, and they both seemed to be working just fine. And so there's well, that's cool. Now, uh, what? Now you said you're going to have this game here. Uh, you're doing. You're, uh, We're going to demo it uh, sometime in August. Okay. Uh, check out our website, gamespluswa.net, uh, on our Google Calendar. On there, it has all of our games uh, for the next month or so. Uh, this is on here. We'll have Sagrado, which is another really nice dice game, on there next month as well. I think August is just a dice game month. I think August will be dice game month. Okay, well that sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else about this game? Uh, one thing to know about this, uh, the die faces, whenever you do upgrade them, you kind of got to be careful because they will pop and go flying. Oh yeah, okay. so we were chasing them all over the store. I, there were a few reviews or other things online that said taking this to a convention... Might not be the best idea, but definitely playing it in a small local setting is definitely going to be great. Right. Is there expansions to this game yet? Uh, not, not that I've heard yet. Not no. yet, but there's definitely room in the box for more cards. Uh, I, I could oh, see. And there, I can there see are. there's potential for expansion here. Yeah. These are just the starter cards out here. There are mm-hmm. more cards you can switch out to have more style of play. All right. Well, thanks a lot for having me come down and uh, listen to your game we review. We enjoy having you. All right. Well, good. All right. I should buy more stuff here. All right. <laughs> and now right. we'll play. All right, guys. Take care. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Games and Gizmos. Games and Gizmos is your friendly local game store with a great selection and a welcoming community. Come to Games and Gizmos in Kirkland, Washington. Now back to the show. Hey, that was a great game review by Kelly and uh, Doug. Thanks, Kelly and Doug. Yeah, thank you for doing these segments for us. I really appreciate it. And they've got more coming along the way. In fact, the next one's going to be Century Spice Road, which, by the way, they did that one before this one, but we figured out that this other one was more popular than the other one, and then we wanted to boost our numbers up. You know what? It doesn't matter. That background stuff that you don't even know. You don't even want to know about. It's confusing. So anyway, we have another, um, I think we have another interview. We do. Mm-hmm. It is David Carnahan, the guy in the Fez. That's right. Yep. Our historian. Our RPG historian. So yes. with that, oh wait, you got something? No, I don't. I'm just playing with, I'm making noise for the thing. All right, that's good. Okay, well, with that, let's. <laughs> Sounds let's, like you're working. Let's <laughs> listen to David. Hey, it's Blue Samurai here. We're still here at ETX. Paul's with me, and we've got a special guest, David Carnahan. Yes. David, what do you do? Well, um, I spend most of my life bouncing between different conventions. I help uh, work out at conventions a lot, and a lot of people know me by my hat, the Boba Fez. Okay. Um, But my big project that I've been doing at last uh, bunch of cons is a classic role-playing game library. Cool. Okay, so how does that how does that work? Because I saw some of the stuff that you have. I saw Star Frontiers, and I, I, there's I a, saw Champions. There's a ton of really cool stuff in there. We uh-huh. currently have about 60 different systems, mm-hmm. um, and it was born from a crazy idea helping out with the gaming department at Emerald City Comic Con, and we had a little extra space, 
a couple weeks prior, they were like, hey, you had this idea for an old-school role-playing uh, library. Do mm-hmm. it. Uh, so I took everything out of my collection, filled in a couple spaces the last couple weeks before the show. And mm-hmm. with that, it got such a huge response from not only people passing by that, that were excited about seeing the old stuff, but from other show- shows, because nobody's really done this. It takes a lot of effort to <laughs> put that many books together mm-hmm. and to continue to grow it and then transport it places. So are you so you just take this library from place to place? Are you, uh, are you buying and selling this stuff? Uh, or how, how, we're how not buying and selling. Okay. Uh, well, buying to a certain degree because okay. I, I don't have deep pockets. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> um, but it, it travels to any show that's, that I can afford to get to that is willing to give me the space to show it. And uh, we've taken a ton of donations. Of about a third of the library currently is donated. Mm-hmm. I had I had last show. I had a bunch of judges guild stuff that was donated. Which mm-hmm. that stuff I, I'd never physically held it before. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, our RPG uh, stuff from the from the seventies. It's just kind of almost self published. Uh, basically, is so expensive and so hard to get your hands on. Just to have somebody come up and go, hey. Your library is awesome. Can you show this, and you can you can have it for your library? So is the idea um, to go to your library and go, hey, I want to play this. Is that the idea, or is it more of check out this artifact that we have here? A little of both. So I I get people that come by that you know old school gamers. They they come by. Oh man, I played that, or man, I never saw that, mm-hmm. and they they pick up a book and they sit down and, and thumb through it or read read through it and look at the rules. Then I'll get young players that have only played like D20 and newer mm-hmm. systems like Pathfinder or they've played 4th or 5th ed D&D and they sit down and they a, a big question is always can you explain Thacko? And I tell them no and just hand them a second mm-hmm. edition rule book and then they come back later and go oh my god what was this? So <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of like an art exhibit for role a little bit. games. But with that if you want to play a game you get people together I will always have I, as I say old school uh, um uh, character sheets, okay. just pencil and paper. Sure. Uh, I've got pencil and paper and dice available for anybody, and usually the events will give have a couple of tables nearby available for people to sit down and play games. So I, I looked at your library here, and I, I got to tell you, my my little eight year old kid <laughs> inside of me is just like just so joyous to see some of this stuff. So can I literally go up to you at some con? And go, hey, I want to play Star Frontiers. If you can, if you can find a couple people, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If we have the books available, mm-hmm. we will we'll, we'll try to help you facilitate mm-hmm. finding people. And we ultimately want to be able to get enough uh, volunteers to come to events with me. Right. To uh, So yesterday I had a gentleman come in and ran a five-hour Rifts campaign. Wow. Um, at Emerald oh. City, the same guy came in and, right. and uh, for three days in a row... Uh, he ran a four-hour Rifts campaign at those. So how many of these games do you actually know how to play? Uh, out of this, uh, well, currently about 80% of the systems mm-hmm. I've run. Mm-hmm. And at Emerald City, I had a bunch of kids that were like, hey, I, I want to I wanna play a game. I didn't have anybody GM at the time. I was kind of working the event as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And somebody's like, look, you don't have anything to do right now. Just run the kids through a campaign. I was like, what do you guys want to play? They go, what's your favorite? I was like, uh, let's play this D6 Star Wars. And uh, we pulled out the books, mm-hmm. and I helped them out and just made up a campaign as a, a, as we went through. And the kids, it was the first time in my life that I've gotten hugs from people <laughs> at the end of a campaign. Nice. Nice. When we were done, we played for about three hours, and the kids had a blast. And it, it, all these kids just came up and gave me a hug. They were like, that was awesome. So, I've never had that before. One that caught my eye was the Doctor Who RPG. 
Yeah, the, it's, from Fossa from the uh, 84, if I remember correctly. Because just looking at it, it looks like it's timeless. Uh, which is a really cool design very, choice. Very Doctor Who. Yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it, it is really awesome. The, the, the only thing that dates it is the, the, the photos, the screen captures from, yeah. The, yeah. from the show. Okay. So you know that it's classic Doctor Who. Yeah. But, right. I mean, if you didn't have those in there, Man, that that book would be look like it could be put out today. Yeah, but also this, the cover mm. looks like it could be from like eighteen ninety. Absolutely, <laughs> that it was. Fossa back in the day did some really cool design stuff, uh, mm. especially you know things like that. They had this really cool eye, eye for putting out this really neat thing that is very today, but very you yeah. know very classic. Cool. Right. So, what is your oldest, most expensive? We'll call it artifact that you have. Probably the Judges Guild stuff right now. And, and how far back? Tell me a little bit about that. How much that is in the story. So uh, the Judges Guild stuff. Judges Guild was uh, by Dave Anderson. He mm-hmm. was one of the original developers with Gary Gygax uh, on D and D. So okay. the original D and D. And from my understanding, is he didn't really like the direction that D and D was going or going to be going. So he split mm-hmm. off and he made his own game, Judges Guild, which is that was probably a, yeah. probably a poor business choice, probably. Uh, pr- time, probably, right? but you right. know, I, I I can't say that TSR made a boatload of money the, the first few years. Sure, sure. And <laughs> if if it's a passion project mm-hmm. and your passion's not there, yeah, you know, go do what you right. want to do. So how much? Uh, how much? And what year did that come out? That one, I I can't remember. That. I can't remember the exact year. Uh, Mid seventies mm-hmm. and. Uh, Looking up at fair market value for the small stack of books the guy gave me, it, it's it's easily a thousand dollars for for wow, the couple wow. books and the uh, the maps. So that's the type of game where someone goes, yeah. "Hey, I want to I want to play that." It's like, no, you can look at it while Honestly, I'm here. It, if the table's close by, I will happily let somebody oh, wow. uh, okay. play it because when he, when he donated it, he goes, "If you become a nonprofit, which we're trying to become a nonprofit, so that people can get uh, tax refunds cool. or tax okay. uh, write-offs for uh, for donations, mm-hmm. and they can donate funds so that we can afford to get the library to more places." Um, but his his contingency for donating, you know, Judge Guild, mm-hmm. he goes, "It's been sitting on my shelf doing nothing." He goes, "Here, people get to see it and possibly play it." Yeah. Wow. So cool. I, I don't want to have anything in the library that's not playable. Do you have any? Um any other artifacts like um, DDs and demigods with the Cthulhu in it? Don't have that at oh, the moment. Okay. I, I have somebody that that is going to be sending me one. Oh wow! So, Keep an eye on that one. Don't let yeah, it take yeah, that, that one. From exactly. Me. Well, and, the, and that's a really cool thing. Is like the only thing that's disappeared from any event is dice. Um, and, it, and, it, and it wasn't like dice what? out of a box set. Uh-huh. It was dice that a local store had donated uh-huh. uh, for Emerald City, and somebody stole everything but the D10 out of the set. <laughs> so oh, I have geez. a random, just random D10. <laughs> so an, another thing that you know I will always accept is is donated dice because those right. those do walk, unfortunately. Um, and it's silly that those those are the things that have walked because everybody that's come by and everybody that's mm-hmm. been part of it, I, I have a lot of questions like, are these for sale? No, and then then they they get the right. spiel of what the idea is, and then they're excited about it, and everybody everybody wants to be kind of a part of it in some way because it's a way to share, uh, you know, what where we where our where our hobby came from. You should start a like an old tabletop museum or something like that, tabletop game museum or something. <laughs> Well, I'm going to stick with the RPGs. I've got a couple of people that thought the tabletop, uh, you know, mm-hmm. doing the board games and stuff is a great idea. So I'm going to let them stick with that because uh, you can, 
you can kill yourself by trying trying to go too broad. So right. sticking with RPGs, and I I I picked probably the heaviest format. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I've had a lot of people like, oh, hey, you could do this digitally. I was like, it's not the same. <laughs> um, definitely not the same. You, no. you miss in all of these have probably been ripped and turned into PDFs somewhere oh, online. Yeah. Well, and the Star Frontiers is one that's already, you can get on a PDF, but man, when I, I could actually hold what you, can, you have You can pick there, it up and was, hold it. Yeah, and, I love and it. And that goes back to the, you know, uh, the older gamers picking it mm-hmm. up. Uh, yesterday, I had a lady walk by. She's like, I played that, she played that. And then she picked up the. Uh, the Doctor Who one, wow. and goes, oh my god, this was a game. And then she just, like, she was so excited to hold this game that she totally right. missed growing up. And got to look through it and just was, was mesmerized by it. And she goes, uh, she took a picture and was like, I have to find a copy of this for That's myself. Cool. That's cool. So do you have, like, a website or Facebook page or anything? Not at the moment. Okay. Uh, we're working on that. Like I said, we're, we're trying to get our nonprofit status uh, together. As soon as we get our nonprofit status, the goal is to have a website up and with some forums. That way... We'll have a list of what mm-hmm. games we have, of the events we're going to, games that we're looking for, and in the forums we'll have you know people that everybody's always like, oh man, I, I want to play Rifts or man, I want to play D6 Star Wars or Deadlands. Do you know people in the area? Mm-hmm. So we really want to have a forum available going. You know, I live in Sacramento and I kill for a Deadlands group and get people right. to yeah. you know start sharing the games and uh, in, in playing more amongst themselves because. What's the purpose of role-playing games? Getting together and playing with each other. So how, social. So how do they get a hold of you right now? Uh, right now? Um, man, what's the best email? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll just, I, I do photography full-time. I'll just give them, a, sure, go give ahead. them my photography go ahead. email. Go ahead. So it's uh, david at missinglinkstudios.com. So M-I-S-S-I-N-G-L-I-N-K-S-T-U... D-I-O-S. Man, I'm the worst speller in the world. That's why I, I so, do photography. So how did you, you get to ETX? Someone must have known somebody and they called you and so you, you're if, here? So if you're at ETX, you'll see there's a couple of the cons that are advertising their sure, cons. Yeah. And so ETX is run by Uncle's Games. It's a local okay. Northwest chain. Okay. They were at Emerald City and uh, they, they saw what I was doing. They were like, oh, this seems cool. Would you would you be willing to come to our show? Mm-hmm. So I had just done Norwest Con, doing ETX. I've been invited by uh, convention organizers mm-hmm. all the way up into Canada, all the way down uh, through the U.S., like Kansas City mm-hmm. and down into Florida. Okay, so what, where can we find you next then? What are the upcoming um, cons for you? I know most. I know definitely. I'm going to be at OrcaCon in January. Good and deal. Then, That's a good place to be. Um, yeah, it is. I, I I unfortunately missed the first two years of OrcaCon. Uh, I'm in the National Guard, so I had I had things going on oh. both both times. That All right, Orcacon's me too. Going. Good, excellent. Um, yeah. And I, I've I was really disappointed I wasn't able to get to it this year, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm gonna uh, have everything planned out because. I'm going to be showing something at OrcaCon. Good. Um, okay. And I'm also going to be at Dragonflight, which is in August. I will August. be there, too. That's excellent. And I have a couple other mm-hmm. possible commitments coming up. Okay. Uh, just trying to finalize uh, those. And I, I don't want to put those out because I don't know if we're going to be able to make it. Okay. Very cool. Well, thanks a lot, David, for yeah. uh, go, showing up on this podcast. I'm looking forward to seeing you at Dragonflight. Paul and I will yeah, be there. We'll be there. Absolutely. So that'd be great. Maybe we'll play some Star Frontiers or something. Well, we, we have to play something. This is too <laughs> yeah, cool. That is too cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a blast. Yeah. And uh, and if anybody really wants to, you know, reach out and run mm-hmm. games, they can reach out to me at the email address I gave. Okay. And just you know, make sure you reference the uh, classic RPG library, mm-hmm. and always looking for people that can come out and run old school games because mm-hmm. most events I go to 
I'm given at least a couple tables that we can run a couple games at, and I'll get an extra uh, exhibitor badge for uh, for a DM to come in and run a game or two. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, David. And again, uh, listeners, you can get a hold of David at david at missinglinkstudios.com. So thanks a lot, David, for coming on our podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, that was fun. Talking to David about all those RPGs. Some of them to older than some of the people who are listening. Oh, man. So yeah. cool. And, oh, go, no, no, go no, ahead, with, go with that many, I mean, it sounds like he is a fine connoisseur oh, of yeah. RPGs, and and it's deeper than just collecting. I mean, there's like a museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe go back to like when I was like a teenager. I mean, he had the box set, original box set from D&D. He had some modules going back in the day of, of AD&D and second edition. Uh, he had Star Frontiers, which I just love. I love that game so much, but I couldn't find anyone to play it with oh, me. Oh, Demon Eve! Back when you were too cool to play games with me. That's right. Actually, <laughs> oh, you were too cool. We actually we didn't even know that you were into nerdy stuff. So that's a missed opportunity. But in an alternate Darn. universe, yes. a parallel universe. Yeah, we spent our youths playing. That's all we were doing. Yes. We're all doing. That's right. And in that universe, you didn't have a girlfriend. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it, they had Top Secret there, which, by, by the way, I just I just love just mentioning these games I played when I was younger. And they had Car Wars, original Car Wars, and I think they had Twilight 2000. That sounds familiar. Yep. Cool game. Wow. Um, I don't know if I'd be able to play those in my diaper. Anyway. <laughs> um, I don't think you put them in I your diaper. I think there's young comic. I didn't play games wrong. Right so, I, is that our last interview? That's I can't it. remember. No That's way. It. Uh-huh. Really? So yeah. we got to say goodbye. We no, oh, no, no, we're not going to say First goodbye. First, we have to say go to orcacon.org. Well, there's that. We, but we there's also goodbye, what else? Say. What else we got to say? You got to call. You got to email. Call. Oh, don't call don't us. Call us. <laughs> that wouldn't work at all. That's five five five. <laughs> so no, you have to email us at geeksofcascadia at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Let us know how we're doing. Or if you want us to do a game review, or you have a game review of your own. Also on Twitter, which is at Geeks of Cascadia. Plus, please, I am begging you. I am begging you. And anyone, you know what? I, I've done it. Actually, no, I didn't do it. You did it, Paul. Uh, we have one review. It's a five-star review. That's right. It's a five-star review. Star review. Though I did review our Facebook page. It's five-star. <laughs> oh, that's right. I haven't done that either. <laughs> See? So it's on you, too. You're like, Joe, suck. Joe, have you reviewed any of our stuff? <laughs> no, felt weird reviewing our own stuff. You Nick, suck. Nick, have you reviewed any, any of our stuff? So Nick hasn't done anything. We got a sure. And right now the listeners are going, who the hell is Nick? Nick is some guy that plays in our D&D Nick is our campaign. cleric. And he just sat down and he's going, I didn't even know you guys had a podcast. <laughs> That's how desperate we are. So can you please, listeners, please, um, geeks, go on iTunes and rate us. Please. little side note, a little disclaimer. Steve has just polished off, polished off a full beer pretty quickly here. It was a tiny beer. It was a tiny beer. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. we love it. We should make. We should have you throw one back right away. You should make five we shots should. before you get on. So with that, do we have any more um, nice little banter that we can do? Are we? We're pretty good. I, we got I, any I, more I'm bantered out. Okay. All I can say is I'm excited for Dark Tower coming out in a couple weeks. Oh yes, I um, agree with Idris that Elba is the internet's boyfriend, That's and right. I'm excited for. And what, then, what oh, great casting! Oh my! Oh seriously, wow. it's going to be. Yeah, he, ever since seeing him in the first Thor yeah. as Heimdall, it's wait, just wait, wait. been seeing that come up. Did you guys see the Stranger Things? Uh, yeah, I'm a hardcore Halloween buff. That like came out recently. I didn't buff. see it yet. So I don't like Stranger it Things. It takes place. It is straight up 
Halloween themed, like jack o' lanterns. Just mm-hmm. it's trick or treat in the eighties, where you, when you were not is, even alive or it existed. I was, which was two. a happier time yeah, in nineteen eighty four. It was a happier time because you didn't exist then. But I listened to Rick Astley when I was a kid. I remember that. Uh, I did that, and as I an played adult. Atari. Was that is <laughs> that eighties? So anyway, I guess we are running out of time, so we have to move on now. So with that, embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw. Cascadia podcast featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon.